Thank you, maybe sitting, and good morning. It, what, hasn't it been a great day already? Yeah, let's give the Lord a hand. I pr- praise, uh, praise the Lord. I'm, for those of you who don't know, I'm John. I'm blessed uh, to be the pastor here at Hallmark. And I'm going to encourage you to turn to Psalm 22. We're going to get to uh, Psalm 22. This is our fifth week walking through some selected books of Psalms. And uh, the first one we looked at was week number one. We looked at Psalm 51. And we made this statement, when you are confronted with sin, confess. Think about that. When you're confronted with sin, confess. Week two, we looked at Psalm 37, and we asked this question, when bad guys win. Doesn't it seem like sometimes everybody that is not doing what they're supposed to be doing, and they seem to be winning and getting ahead anyway, so when bad guys win, one word, believe. Just believe that God's in control. And then we looked at Psalm 63. When in the wilderness, worship. When in the wilderness, choose to worship. Last week we looked at Psalm 91 and we, uh, life was, when life is in turmoil. You ever, does your life ever feel like it's in turmoil? Anybody feel that way right now, right? And uh, what are we going to do? When we're in the wilderness, we're going to choose to worship. When we're when life seems like it's in turmoil, we're going we're gonna to choose to trust. Trust that God is in control and trust that God is good. Today, kind of the main thought, and so on the top of your bulletin this morning, it has the outline there. Not really an outline, just has some scripture, but it has this thought here. When you feel forsaken, when you feel forsaken, anybody ever felt forsaken before? Anybody ever felt like, uh, you're all alone in the world. Anybody ever felt like you've been forsaken by God? I think at times we, we struggle with that. And so I would say when, when you feel forsaken, uh, I'm, I'm going to give you the answer to the test before we take the test, all right? When you feel forsaken, just look to the cross. Amen. Look to the cross. In Psalms chapter 22 This was written probably a thousand years or so before Christ would be crucified. And I'm not going to take the time to go through all the details, but in in the bulletin, I would encourage you this morning, there's uh, some cross-references there in in Psalm 26, some things that that David would say that later would be lived out on the cross. And and so you can see the cross-reference, and you can take time this week to look through that. But in Psalms 22, verse 1 starts out with this, thought this morning. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And again, I think that all of us at times in our life have felt forsaken, either forsaken by people, forsaken because of our circumstances, or maybe even forsaken by God. And and David cries out, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from helping me and from the words of my groaning? It continues in verse 2, Oh my God, I cry in the daytime, but you do not hear. In the night season, and I'm not silent, but you are holy. What a great transition. you got two verses of despair and two verses of forsaken. And God, I, I'm crying, and I don't hear you. God, I, I want to hear you, and I'm crying out all day, and yet I don't hear nothing. But what, what is the declaration he makes in verse 3? Even though I don't hear you, even though I seem forsaken, God, you are holy. You were enthroned in the praise of Israel. Our fathers trusted you. They trusted you and you delivered them. They cried to you and you were, and were delivered. They trusted in you and were not ashamed. Verse 6, 
but I am a worm and no man, a reproach of men and despised by the people. All those who see me ridicule me. They shoot out the lip, they shake the head, saying, He trusts in the Lord, let him rescue him. And again, this is, this is foreshadowing, this is prophecy. These verses right here that reference Matthew chapter 27, verses 39 with Jesus on the cross. Verse 9 says, But you are he who took me out of the womb. You made me trust while in my mother's breast. I was cast upon you from birth. From my mother's womb you have been my God. Be not far from me, for trouble is near. For there is none to help. Again, you get this sense of being forsaken. Isolation. There is none to help. Matthew 26, 56 talks about Jesus alone forsaken, none to help. Verse 12, many bulls have surrounded me, strong bulls of Bashan, and enriched, enriched me. They gape at me with their mouths like a raging and roaring lion. I am poured out like water. All my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax. It is melted within me. My strength is dried up like a potsherd. My tongue clings to my jaws. You have brought me to the dust of death. This, this description here is the description of the suffering of Christ on the cross. Amazing that David would write these words looking forward to the cross before the Romans would ever invent death by crucifixion. You see, the cross was not a surprise to God. The cross was not a surprise to Jesus. He went to the cross willingly, and he went to the cross because it was a part of the plan. And so David writes about it. Verse 15, my strength is dried up like potsherd, and my tongue clings to my jaws. You have brought me to the dust of death. For the dogs have surrounded me. The congregation of the wicked has enclosed me. Look at verse 16, the last part. They pierced my hands and my feet. When we think of Christ on the cross. I count all my bones. They look and stare at me. They divide my garments among them, my clothing they cast lots. Again, prophecy of what would take place. But you, O Lord, do not be far from me. O my strength, hasten to help me. Deliver me from the sword, my precious life, from the power of the dog. Save me from the lion's mouth and from the horns of the wild ox. In verse 21, it ends, you have answered me. Now, if we think of Christ on the cross and Christ is crying out for help and he would quote this wor these words of Psalms 22, verse 1, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? So if this is prophecy talking about Christ and we get the answer in verse 20, 21 that says, You have answered me. It seems this transition as he depicts the crucifixion and he depicts being forsaken and all alone and why, God, have you forsaken me? I've cried out and you haven't heard me. And, and, and then he says, though, in verse 21, but you have answered me. And could this be referencing Christ on the cross? Because it doesn't seem like, to me, did, did Christ get rescued off the cross? He didn't, did he? So what could he be speaking of? I have in my Bible written between verses 21 and 22 that there was a transition that takes place that, that doesn't give us in the text. And that transition, the event that has taken place that changes everything, that we can say, yes, God did answer his prayer, is the resurrection. The resurrection changed everything. And yes, Jesus died on the cross. And, and yes, uh, my sin was placed on him. But the resurrection changes everything. 
And look what it changes. Look at verse number 22. Because of the resurrection, because the answers that my prayers have been answered, I will declare your name unto my brethren. In the midst of the assembly, I will praise you. You who fear the Lord, praise him. And you descendants of Jacob, glorify him and fear him, all you offspring of Israel. In verse 24, for he is not despised nor abhorred the affliction of the afflicted. So in this transition between 21 and 22, we understand to be the resurrection. And, and, and then but we see this praise and, and glorifying of God. And, and how could we praise and glorify God when Jesus has died on the cross? And, and verse 24 gives us the answer. Look at it again. For he has not despised nor abhorred the affliction of the afflicted. And maybe to read some other verses of Scripture, we can get an understanding of what verse 24 is pointing to. Look on your uh, bulletin, it'll be on, on your bulletin, it'll also be on the screen, Isaiah 53, verse 3. He is despised and rejected by men. Again, this is prophecy of Jesus Christ. A man of sorrows, acquainted with grief, and we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we did not esteem him. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and what's the word there? Afflicted. Think of that word, afflicted. What did verse 24 tell us? He is not despised nor poured the affliction of who? The afflicted. So David is talking about Jesus, who was afflicted, the afflicted one. We see here in Isaiah, it mentions again, this is prophecy of Jesus. He is not smitten God and afflicted, verse 5, but was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. So back in our text, David, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He describes the, the anguish of the suffering Savior. We see the suffering Savior the resurrection. But why, how, how can we worship or why should we worship? Verse 24 says, the sacrifice, the payment of the afflicted one who was Jesus has been accepted. We'll read it again. For he has not despised nor abhorred the affliction of the afflicted. In other words, the sacrifice for my sin, Jesus on the cross, the afflicted one, God accepted that sacrifice. And because God accepted that sacrifice, then I can have forgiveness of sins, and I can have a home in heaven, and I can have a restored relationship with God. And because the afflicted one, his sacrifice was accepted, and God had the power to bring him back to life, is that, is, does that give us cause or reason to celebrate? Does that give us cause or reason to worship? This is exactly what David was saying. But let's keep reading. And again, this is on your bulletin, 2 Corinthians 5, verse 21. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteous of God in him. Think for a moment with me. As Jesus lived a sinless perfect life. Philippians says that he humbled himself. He came to the earth. 
became obedient to death, even the death of the cross. And as he hung on that cross, you know, I don't think we'll ever, we'll ever completely appreciate the cross until we realize that the cross was not only done for us, but it was done because of us. You, you see, Jesus didn't just die for me. He died because of me. Amen. And so as he hung on the cross, it was my sins, it was your sins, the sins of mankind placed on him. And he cries out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And Jesus hung on the cross feeling forsaken, why? Because of me. Because of my sins. How does that make you feel this morning? Every one of us should, should have something inside us right now that either we're angry, maybe we're humbled, maybe we're grateful that Jesus, the creator of the world, willingly laid down his life not just for me, but because of me. I'm a sinner. And guess what? You're a sinner. Amen. And our sins separate us from a holy, righteous God. Amen. And there had to be a payment for those sins. Scripture says, without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sins. Today we'll observe the Lord's table or communion and, and the, the cup that you will drink is a picture of the shed blood of Jesus Christ. I'm thankful that Jesus was willing to go to the cross for me. I'm humbled that Jesus would be willing to go to the cross for me. We'll partake of the bread and again it symbolizes the sinless, perfect, perfect body of Christ. Did Jesus deserve to die on the cross? Yes or no? Do I deserve to die on the cross? Yes or no? Do you deserve to die on the cross? Yeah. Is there anything in life that we have that we should be more grateful for than Jesus? Mm -mm. As Jesus hung on the cross and he cried out to God, God, why have you forsaken me? It was because of me. It was because of my sins. He was beaten because of me. The sins of the world were placed on him because of me. And I'm convinced in my life that I don't often enough allow the heaviness of the sacrifice of cross to change who I am and what I do. And this morning as we observe the, the Lord's table, I hope that you will wrestle with the reality of what Jesus Christ did for you on the cross. You, you heard the stories this morning of 
of eight different people who heard the same message you're hearing today. And someone told them that, that because of their sin, they were separated. And, and, and God sent his son Jesus to die on the cross for their sins. And that if they would call out to God in faith, in the name of Jesus, that grace is for everyone. For by grace you are saved through faith. So the question that I have for you this morning, have you ever called on the name of God? Have you ever placed your faith in Jesus? Listen, God so loved you that he gave his son to hang on a cross for you. Romans 5, 8 says, God demonstrated his love toward us that while we were yet yet sinners, Christ died for us. Some of you this morning have never made the decision to give your life to Christ. And here in a moment, we're going to stand up, and here in a moment, we're going to have a time of what we call a time of invitation or a time of response. There's going to be people up here. They're going to be standing. They're going to be facing you this morning. And if you would like to know exactly how, how can I give my life to Christ? What does this mean that, that Jesus hung on the cross and died for my sins? And you mean if I call out to Jesus that I can have forgiveness of all my sins, past, present, future, and that I can have a home in heaven? Yes, that's exactly what the Bible says. And maybe today would be the day that you would say, today is the day I want to make that decision. The shirts that they were wearing, the shirts that some of our staff are wearing, the shirts that you're buying out there in the atrium, simply say, I have decided to follow Jesus. So the question this morning is, have you decided to follow Jesus? Would you close your eyes for a moment? And this morning, I want you to wrestle with that, that decision, that question. Have you made the decision to follow Jesus? I'm not asking you if you're a member of a church. I'm not asking you if you grew up in church. I'm not asking you for your church attendance or what denomination you're a part of, because that really doesn't matter. What I'm asking you is, have you ever made the decision to follow Jesus? God accepted his sacrifice on the cross, and because God accepted his sacrifice on the cross, I can have forgiveness of sins, and I can have a home in heaven, but it's my decision to say yes to God or not. And I'm convinced this morning that there's some people in this room that need to make that decision. There's people in this room this morning that, that you are placing your faith in the wrong things. Here's, here's the reality. No one in the room can be good enough to get to God. You have to come to God through Jesus. Jesus said in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you think you're going to get to heaven for any other reason, then you need to make this decision today to follow Jesus. Because it's not about being born in a church. It's not about attending church with your family. It's Jesus. Jesus is the only way. And if you have not come to God through Jesus, I'm, I'm begging you, I'm challenging you, I'm encouraging whatever word you want to use, that you would make that decision today. I'm going to ask real quickly this morning, would anyone say, John, I've never made that decision. I've never trusted in Jesus for my salvation. 
If that's you this morning and you'd like me to pray for you, would you just put your hand up right now? Just put your hand up, for, leave it up for a moment. Right, one there in the stadium. Any, anyone else? Just put your hand up for a moment. Another one. Another one. Just put it up for a moment so I can look around. I'm not going to call you out. I just want to pray for you. Anyone else like that this morning? Just put your hand up. I'm, I'm going to challenge you this morning. Thank you. When we stand in a moment, would you be bold enough and have enough courage to walk down here, shake somebody's hand that's standing down here, and just say, I, I want to give my life to Jesus. This church would be glad to celebrate that with you. This morning we're about to partake of the Lord's table, and Paul gives us a very strict warning in Corinthians chapter 11. Not to eat or partake in an unworthy manner. So who's supposed to partake of communion? It's those of you who've given your life to Christ. You've decided to follow Jesus. But it's also those of you in the room this morning that are walking in fellowship with the Lord. So maybe during this time of invitation here in a moment, it's an opportunity for you to come forward and just pray and say, God, I have some things in my life I need to confess. Maybe this morning to walk across the room and, and, and confess something to someone and ask them for forgiveness. But I challenge you this morning, if you want to follow Jesus, if you've made that decision today, would you walk down and talk to one of us? Maybe this morning God just put on your heart to be more grateful for the cross. During this time of invitation, just come forward and seek the Lord through either confession and prayer. And let's just worship together this morning. God, we thank you for this day. Lord, we thank you for the cross, and we thank you for Jesus willingly laying his life down for us. Lord, there's people in the room right now this morning that have never made the decision to follow you. And I pray that you would give them the courage and the boldness when we stand here in a moment to make their way down here, that someone could share with them how to know and follow Jesus. Lord, there's some of us in the room this morning that, that there's things in our life that we need to confess before we partake of this communion. Lord, maybe there's just some of us in here that need to walk forward and just as a celebration of worship to thank you for your continued faithfulness in our life. Lord, move in our service in this moment. I'm going to ask you to stand with me, and Ben's going to lead us in a wonderful song, How Deep the Father's Love. Would you stand with me this morning? And if God has spoken to you, just come worship him this morning as we sing.